Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, we want to chat a bit about staycations because you might be thinking about them. And in the context of where your mind is at, living in Limerick, it might be to go up the country or elsewhere. Of course, you can staycation within County Limerick too. That's assuming uh, that uh, restrictions are eased across the summer. Um, But uh, what about People coming here from elsewhere. Well, hotel room occupancy in Limerick for July and August at the moment is just 9% and is well below the national average of 20%. The Irish Hotels Federation calling for increased supports for the hospitality sector following the announcement. It's unlikely to reopen before midsummer. And the general manager of the South Court Hotel, Dermot Kelly, here in Limerick, has been chatting to our own Ronan Moyles. Yes, it has been a very hard weekend uh, for our our teams, our staff, um, all our uh, suppliers to be hearing the, the various reports on the radio saying that we may not open till mid-summer. We need, at this stage, we need a plan from government to give us a, an indication so that we can sustain our businesses until that time. But they just in terms of support, we need enhanced support. We're very grateful for what we have received to date from government, but they do need to look at um, intervening with the banks to ensure they have appropriate support and engagement process in place for hotels and their team members who at the moment are paying their full mortgages and bank loans um, until we get back to work. And I suppose we also need um, a clear commitment from government as to how this will happen for us. And I suppose the retention of uh, the CRSS and uh, increasing that as well. I I mentioned that you mentioned as well, um, midsummer. Has there been any clarification officially as to what that is? I mean... Has anyone spoken to the relevant departments? I suppose more to the point, has the relevant departments spoken to anyone involved in the hotel industry to explain when midsummer is? Um, no one has spoken as of yet. Um, obviously, from the Irish Hotel Federation, we have um, submitted uh, a living with COVID plan, what we'd like to see, but we haven't actually heard back on that as of yet. Um, but we do need to have some engagement because of a re- we carried out an occupancy survey for the summer months and um, in general across Ireland it's at 20% for July and August but here in Limerick it's actually only at 9% in occupancy in pre-booked um, uh, staycations so that is extremely low it's very concerning for all That's Dermot Kelly there from the Southcourt Hotel. He's general manager chatting to Live 95's Ronan Moyles. Uh, And to talk more about this now, we have two good friends of the Limerick Today show, Sean Lally from the Woodstock Hotel in Ennis and Elena Fitzgerald from Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel in Adair. And of course, Elena is also the current president of the Irish Hotels Federation. And you're both welcome. Good morning to you. Can we read very much into the lower occupancy at 
the moment for hotels in Limerick compared to the rest of the country for July and August, Elena? We can. I mean, look, those surveys that we, I suppose, conduct would have about 300 um, responses across the country. So it, 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 it's an honest barometer of what it is. The average across the, con- the country, as Dermot said earlier, is about 20%. Uh, unfortunately, Limerick has, has lagged behind. And I suppose that shows, I suppose, that it's incumbent on us all in terms of, you know, building up Limerick as a destination. We saw the launch of Limerick.ie brand last year. You know, some amazing things like the 50, you know, things to do in, in Limerick and that. But now more than ever, as a destination, we have to build on that. But look, it just shows, I suppose, the scope of the lack of confidence that there is across the country. Now, there are chinks of light. We are beginning to see some bookings coming in. Interesting to see in the context of the UK, the minute, I suppose, that it was clarified, you know, as to when people would be able to travel and to enjoy staycations. They've, they've had an extraordinary surge in bookings. But the benefit now is, I suppose, with only one in five hotel rooms booked across the country, there's great value there. There's great flexibility around dates and that as well. So it's a great time to book. How frustrated are you, though, by the, as Dermot said there, the lack of certainty now around what's happening next, when you'll be able to reopen, how you'll be able to reopen, what even midsummer means? Yeah, look, there's acute devastation and I suppose to learn it probably the way that we did, you know, is, is, is difficult after months of prolonged closure. And if you if you're somebody who hasn't been able to work in the manner that they'd like for a long, long time, and you know, you struggle with mortgages and, and all of those everyday realities, it's it's very, very difficult. So look, we are engaging with government. We're trying to get additional supports for businesses and in terms of the teams. I suppose there's the sense of how long can we keep going? We are absolutely very much in the mindset of playing our part to, you know, support the efforts that are going on to protect public health. But it's hard when you see that, you know, your cash is running out, you've got challenges around your banking, and, um, you know, that sense of, you know, move forward. It, 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 it's a difficult balance. And I suppose the other side of it is when we do get to reopen, you know, what's it going to look like? It has to be sustainable. Nobody across society, whether it's in hospitality and tourism or otherwise, wants to get into this stop-start scenario. But there are certain things you know, that need to be in place, you know, in terms of being allowed to travel across county borders, other things like outdoor dining as the only route forward. You know, that doesn't work. We've seen that before, you know, and, and that's the nature of Ireland's weather. Um, so I think, look, as a society, we, we need to look forward to something. If you're a bride and groom who, you know, changed their wedding plans multiple times, you know, the upheaval they've had, and there needs to be some sense of, of, of certainty. And look, it hurts most in our own community of 270,000 tourism people um, are that. So, look, there's a few months ago, there are, you know, things of light in terms of the vaccination programme. It was good to hear the numbers, but we need to ramp it up. We need to keep it moving because there's a lot at stake in terms of our mental and financial health as a society. Yeah. Elena Fitzgerald-Kane is with us, president of the Irish Hotels Federation and from Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel in Adair. And as I mentioned, Sean Lally uh, from the Woodstock Hotel in Ennis and well known from his time in Limerick um, too. Uh, Sean, you know, we are starting to hear from very frustrated businesses. Uh, we know that uh, a woman was arrested for opening her boutique. Uh, someone who I'm sure would never have thought of herself as ever being on the wrong side of the law in that way, now finds herself before the courts and other businesses around the country suggesting defiance now. So definitely people's nerves are very frayed, aren't they? They are indeed frayed, yeah. It's not just the hotel industry, but I suppose the biggest frustration for me, Joe, is the 
the, the time scale of the rollout of the vaccines because now, unlike previous lockdowns, we have an answer. The answer is the vaccine. That's the silver bullet. And when you see the likes of Boris Johnson, if he sticks to his time scale for reopening, he will come out a hero out of this. And you can't say that the UK handled it up to this better than Ireland. The same with Joe Biden. He's saying one million a day for 100 days in terms of vaccines. And I see Denmark during the week have announced that they will have all their population vaccinated by the end of June. They have 6 million. We have 5 million. So what has gone wrong in Ireland? That is the biggest, biggest frustration because we do have an answer. Uh, We have the key to openings, but for some reason, between Ireland and the EU, we can't seem to get enough vaccines uh, rolled out as quickly as possible. And do you think it's about chickens coming home to roost in the sense that our health service has had so many challenges over so many years, as we well know in Limerick and the Midwest, that we were always going to meet this crunch when the vaccines came in, that we weren't going to be able to ramp up as quickly as other countries? Well, I suppose there was a timescale there during the last summer when we quite possibly could have ro- you know, increased the resources that went into our health service uh, more than we actually did. I'm delighted to see every day I'm on the um, app and I'm just watching the numbers in ICU and numbers in hospitals. And thankfully, this morning now, they've got, taken another leap downwards. So hopefully it continues uh, in that direction. Uh, yes, I am aware that they are under huge pressure and they deserve huge kudos because they really are fighting a battle there. And, and it's important that they don't get overwhelmed like they were nearly were in the third wave of the virus. Yeah, I mean, Elena, I know, you know, we would be hearing here from time to time from people who wouldn't necessarily want to come on the air, maybe GPs on the ground. And there was an example given to us uh, of um, vaccines that were due to arrive at a surgery in this part of the world over the last couple of days. And they were delayed, which clearly delays the vaccination. And you can be sure that there are going to be problems like that. And yet the Taoiseach is saying that 82% of our population by the end of June, the objective is to have at least one dose and 55% of our adult population with two doses by the end of June. It feels ambitious, doesn't it? It feels ambitious, but at the end of the day, they know what their supply is like right now so they can map it out. I mean, hotels have, I suppose, offered their resources to try as vaccination centres to try and, you know, I suppose, help expedite the rollout of the vaccination programme. But for me, I suppose what would lend a bit of confidence is if we were able to get a sense of, well, look, what's going to open when 40% of the population is vaccinated? What's going to open at 15, 60? We do need those progress markers or indicators, you know, whether they run side by side with hospitalizations or whatever. But, you know, we've looked at the plan before. We've seen levels one to five, but we don't actually know what fundamentally shifts you from one level to the next. Um, so that I think that's really, really important if they want to continue to get, I suppose, public's buy-in. You know, we need those progress markers. It's a critical part of, of, of I suppose, making the best of this awfully difficult, I suppose, position that we find ourselves in. And look, I don't envy government. It's a, it's a very difficult balance for them. Yeah, I, I mean, and Sean, you know, one of the concerns in the background seems to be anticipatory behaviour, that any suggestion of dates, any suggestion of release, as it were, means that more of us will loosen up before we should, which could cause this particularly UK variant to take off again. Yeah, and I can understand that, Joe. And I, I, I hope that the government are probably putting out worst case scenario and are going to come in much better than their targeted dates and pull back from that. 
Um, so I, I, I would hope that that's what, what's um, going on in the background. I agree with um, Elena in terms of if we had a clearer plan in terms of what what will reopen once we hit the, those certain targets, it would give more certainty to people and take away a lot of their frustration that's out there. I think people realise we're in the final countdown now. We just need to get through this period and make sure we all stand together and and um, and toe the line because you know, I suppose we don't want people breaking ranks because uh, we've seen certainly over Christmas and the New Year period how dangerous this vaccine is. And you know, I heard of a 16 year old passing away this morning. Uh, in terms of the ages of people, you know, it's not just the elderly people, it affects everyone. So it is still very, very dangerous and it hasn't gone away. Elaine, I know you've talked about the local support that uh, you've got uh, at uh, the Woodlands and indeed many other hotels um, around Limerick have told the same story. I'm sure it's been the same for Sean as well at uh, Woodstock um, in Ennis. But the fact that you will be depending entirely on the Irish market this year, that we won't see very deliberately as a policy of the government, people coming in from outside. Yeah, I suppose, look, if you look at the big figures, Joe, in 2019, 9.2 billion was the overall value of tourism. Uh, Interestingly, just 2 billion of that came from domestically. So a huge proportion comes from overseas. Now, look, the reality is that's not there. Um, And, you know, when you take, I suppose, the potential for 2 billion in a year and you look at, I suppose, you know, the restrictions, you know, in terms of months of closure, which kind of, you know, don't allow that to happen. There is a huge dependency, I suppose, on Irish tourism. But look, we have to look at last year. I mean, people were amazing in terms of how they done the Green Jersey. I think there was some fantastic experiences. I know in our own hotel and many other hotels across the country, we're really utilising this time to kind of creatively reimagine everything that we're doing. Um, and, you know, in terms of upskilling. And the idea is, you know, we're looking at our own 40 acres in Adair and, and say to ourselves, right, how can we give better experiences to our guests? Because that, I suppose, we need to build that. It never fails to tell me that $5 billion is spent every year by Irish people going overseas. And, you know, what can we do to make ourselves, I suppose, top of mind when it comes to Irish people as much as we can? And I see this as an opportunity to do it. Now, we've been blessed in Adair, as has Sean, I'm sure, in terms of, always, you know, hosting guests um, from across Ireland. And that's a really, really important part of of our business. But then, you know, you you can't be complacent about it. You have to be forever moving forward with what's relevant. I suppose one of the examples is in our own hotel, we created a a really nice outdoor concept. It will be the beginning of hopefully what could be an outdoor garden area called the Treehouse. And we've just been astounded just by the support that we've got locally um, and the sense of purpose that it's given us and allowed us the opportunity to bring back more of our team. So, you know, we have to challenge ourselves to reinvent ourselves. But the end goal is about better experiences for our guests who in turn will become better ambassadors for us. But the, the onus is on us now. Yeah. And the other thing about it, Sean, and I mean, you know, you know the Limerick market well, the wider Midwest market too, trying to get that slice of the smaller pie around the country. We've heard lots of stories in other parts of the country of very significant bookings going on and, you know, the ability to charge more too. It's a captive market in the end. Where's the balance on that? How does Limerick and the wider Limerick region ensure it gets as much of that Irish tourism as possible this summer? Joe, I think Limerick is an unbelievable destination for tourism. Like when you look at what's on our doorstep and the amount of uh, tourist attractions that are within an hour's drive of Limerick and use the city as a base, like it really is unbelievable. Like I'm out in Clare, which in fairness is very well served with tourist attractions. I actually send people into Limerick because I think it's an unbelievable offering. When you look at King John's, those riverside walks, 
you know, the, you know, the atmosphere around the city. You'll have a rugby museum coming in in less than 12 months. You know, you have Margaret out in fines and her offering the Irish Coffee Museum. And it also has value for money. And I think there's probably good opportunities there in terms of people that are looking at uh, good value breaks around Ireland to base themselves in Limerick. Now, I'm speaking of kids myself. Hopefully, they'll pay us a visit out in Woodstock while they're in Limerick. But I think it is a, an unbelievable offering. Right. Um, maybe everyone doesn't realise that yet, but it really has. And, and I have to say as well, you're really enjoying your social media videos um, there, Sean, yourself and your wife. And that first date you were on was pretty phenomenal stuff. Thank you, Joe. It's just, I suppose, we have to pivot into different areas to stand out. This weekend, we're sending out the bloopers side of the first dates. Uh, that particular one didn't paint me in a very good light, so uh, I'm getting a good bit of slagging over it. But oh, it, it's, it's I, just, you know, it's different. I, I mean, never realised you were the Robert De Niro of the hotel industry. <laughs> Well, I suppose there's always Hollywood. I mean, we do have Tri Studios here in Limerick, so you never know just in case the hotel business doesn't come back. You know, there's, there's options of other careers paths out there. And, and Elena, one last point, just with your president of the Irish Hotels Federation hat on, and hotels' involvement in mandatory quarantine, which is, you know, obviously on the top of people's minds at the moment in terms of uh, coming back into the country. What's the position on that? Are there hotels going to put their hands up for that? Yeah, I mean, look, we will do anything we can to support, I suppose, protecting uh, public health. Um, it is under consideration right now by government. So I think they're, you know, ultimately coming up with the plan. Um, obviously, the hotels that would be suitable, we expect this to be airport-centric for the most part. Um, they will then look at their own, you know, set up in terms of how does it fit in? You know, can they make it work? Um, you know, the retraining that needs to go in place, etc. But, you know, some hotels are offering, you know, self, I suppose, restricting stays already. And yes, it would be different because this is obviously government enforced, etc. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, at the end of the day, we do want to do everything we can to come from where we are now. And, and that's a really, really important thing. Just maybe, Joe, before I finish up, if people are kind of in the mindset of planning their staycation and that as well, and there's every reason why we need to look forward, I'd be definitely recommending people, you know, look now, be flexible with your dates, be flexible with destinations. Yes, there are some coastal areas that are booking a little bit heavier than others, but some other great opportunities and always book direct. And I suppose the other thing I'd say is, well, make sure you're booking like, but with like. Often you'd go on to a website, you know, looking for a family of four. You could end up with two rooms without realising it. And in your own mindset, then, you know, the pricing becomes a little bit different to what you expect it to be. But now's the time to be booking. Keep an eye on cancellation policies just to make sure that they give you a little bit of cover. And I suppose, look, there's much to look forward to. All right, great. Listen, thank you both very much. In fairness to both of you, you always take the optimistic view and uh, God knows you've needed it over the last 12 months in a way that you never, ever have thought of or experienced before. Uh, so well done. Uh, that is Elena Fitzgerald from Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel in Adair. She's president of the Irish Hotels Federation as well at the moment. And Sean Lally, well known in Limerick, but currently of the Woodstock Hotel in Ennis. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.